the message Brother Swan preached yesterday about being prepared for the storm. He didn't know how prophetic that message was. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That was a prophetic message, really, wasn't it, when he preached about getting prepared for the storm. Uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. And um, um, service uh, time tonight, 6 o'clock, we won't be having a, a choir practice to seat him. Uh, but we will be using a choir, but uh, we won't be having a choir practice service time at 6 o'clock. We hope that you will come and uh, and be with us uh, tonight. We're going to the book of 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. And uh, we do have our projector uh, sent away, hopefully getting repaired, hoping they can fix it so we can get get it back and get the message and everything back up on the screen. But until then, you're going to have to go the old-fashioned way and open your Bibles. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Bobby, he hit, he hit the nail on the head what I'm going to be talking about. Hallelujah. First Samuel 17, chapter. And we're going to read verse 40. Then we're going to drop down to verse 48 uh, and read 48 through 50. But first, we're going to read the 40th verse. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. Now dropping down to verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone. And he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's, uh, in the hand of David. Fathers, we come to you today. We thank you and we praise you for the time that you have allotted us to be in your house once more. We thank you for the worship, for those who have come to be a part of this service. Now I'm asking God that you will anoint us today. God, speak to our hearts, God, what you'd have us to say, God, this day. Supply every need that may be in the house on today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The story of David and Goliath is a biblical classic. Its principles are taught to us from uh, from Sunday school as a little child in Sunday school uh, as a masterpiece illustration of how God is able to defeat the odds that which are against us when we rely on Him. It doesn't matter what uh, how the odds are stack up against you when you're relying on God. Now, in the telling... And the retelling of this great story, I've heard several views concerning the five smooth stones uh, represented. Um, and um, the views that I've heard from others, there have been times that, that I've used them myself. Um, and uh, one view, the five smooth stones, uh, J-E-S-U-S. But I, and I, the first time I preached a message about David, that's, that's the way I went. Uh, it's been, been a young minister, still teenage, and uh, I talked about, you know, J-E-S-U-S. But uh, I, I really don't believe that there was any kind of relation to the five stones and J-E-S-U-S. Uh, number one, the name Jesus uh, was yet to be revealed. It was almost a thousand years before Jesus. And uh, if it was, it would not be Jesus. It would have been uh, 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 Yeshua. 
uh, the Hebrew name. That would be the name that David would have, would have called, not the English name Jesus. So naturally, you'd have more, more letters there than five. Uh, and, but, you know, that's, to use it in that sense, it's, that's all right to make, make a spiritual uh, point. Uh, uh, that's, there's nothing wrong in, um, uh, uh, in that about, um, uh, about using it, uh, uh, that day, about, uh, you know, about the five smooth stones or, or, um, you know, or the, so I had heard the, uh, uh, illustration used about, well, you know, the, you know, the fivefold ministry, you know, and they get into it on that. And so that's what, um, uh, it represented. Um, and, I, I really feel that there was really not a, a lot of significance to David in, in, in that five, uh, that number five uh, that he had spiritually. That um, he uh, he was a master uh, uh, slingsman. He, uh, he he used the sling um, uh, as a shepherd, and um, when he went to go out to uh, 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 to face the giant. Well, his shepherd's bag, in which the shepherd's bag he had, I, uh, Sister Darlene did a pretty good job, I think, for me. She the one who made this for me. Uh, it was more likely made with some type of animal hide or skin. Uh, and um, so as he was approaching and going out to fight fight the giant, and bear with me as I, I lay a foundation for my message, he noticed, you know, his his bag was empty. And uh, he, he didn't have nothing in there. There was nothing in his bag. And uh, that sling that he had was, would do him no good unless, you know, he was planning on walking up to giant and taking a sling and doing that at him, you know. Uh, he, uh, so he stopped as he would across the brook, uh, and um, he picked up uh, some stones to, to fill his bag. Uh, really, uh, 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 a whole lot no difference if when uh, uh, Matt Dillon would uh, get six bullets and put them across his belt right there for his six-shooter, you know, as he was going out to meet the bad guys in the street of, of um, uh, what was that? Uh, Dodge City, yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, it represented the weapons. It represented the ammunition. Uh, at, uh, so his bag was empty, uh, and uh, he had to have something in the bag. I want to preach to you. Uh, a little bit this morning on a, on, on a subject title, and I'm asking you a question in this subject. What have you put in your bag? Look to your neighbor and ask him that question. What do you put in your bag? Hallelujah. Not, 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 not what you have got in your bag, but what have you put in your bag? Because it's important what you put in your bag. Uh, I want to use the five smooth stones. The reason why they were smooth, because it took a while for those stones to be smooth as the water ran over them and smoothed off the rough edges of them. So that lets you know that there was a period of time there that those stones were being developed. You follow me? Hallelujah. And I want to take these five stones and I want to um, allegorically speak a word on how there are some valuable things in our walk with God which we need to take the time. Notice what I said, we need to take the time. How many understand that most of us get in too big of a hurry nowadays? Seems like everything is rush, rush, rush. There, there are some things in your life that you need to be able to slow down just a minute. And you need to take some time for some things. Most time, when you get to working stuff faster and faster, you're more likely to mess up. Back when I worked as uh, an auto mechanic for a living, and I, uh, and I worked at various shops uh, around town in different places, amen, I had to do more uh, rechecks on those things I try to rush through. Rechecks is what we call those had to come back on us, and we didn't make no money on it the second time around. You didn't like a lot of those. But there are some things on our spiritual walk with God that we need to take the time to stop 
pick up and put in the bag that will provide us with the valuable resources we need along the way. We never know what kind of giant is waiting for us just ahead as we go through the valley of our lives. Now, the armies of Israel was on one hill, the Philistines was on another, and there was a valley between. And David had to go down through the valley. And while he was going down through the valley, amen, he had to stop and take some time to pick up something. Hallelujah. And every one of us today have got giants in our life of one kind or another. This economy situation is a big giant. Amen to a lot of people. Amen. People face giants in every kind of way. Amen. There's no way that I could describe your giant. But while I'm preaching and ministering to you this morning, I'm I'm sure that the Holy Spirit, if you'll allow it, will connect with your heart. And you know there's some things that has felt like it's been a giant in your life. Hallelujah. We don't ever know what kind of giant is waiting for us around the next bend, behind the next uh, tree or somewhere around. So we have to prepare We have to pick up things along the way before we ever see the giant. Do you hear me? Too many people think that David was just wandering by and saw the giant and thought, Hey, I think I can take this bad boy down with my skill as a slingshot pro. Amen. I mean, some people actually think it. You know, he just tiptoeing through the tulips one day and he looked over and saw that giant. Hey, he said, I'll just take that cat down and out right now. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this thing. And he just went down there. Amen. And, 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 and you can hear this sometimes when people talk about this story. They think that, that, that what brought the giant down and gave David his, his, his victory all happened right then. But what God put in my spirit this whole week to tell you that are here this morning that it took a long time before David ever knew that there was a nine foot tall giant by the name of Goliath. There was some preparation in his life to get him ready for that giant. That if it wasn't for that preparation, that giant would have made mincemeat out of him. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to tell you, it all didn't happen just in a moment or in an instant. Hallelujah. Long before he saw the giant, um, David was being prepared for this test in his early life. Not only was there some rocks in his shepherd bag, there were special things in his heart and spirit he had been picking up along the way, which was the real factors in helping him to take down the giant that he was going to meet on that day. And if it wasn't for those things, those spiritual factors, that he had already picked up and put in his bag, he wouldn't have walked away in victory. And what are some of those things? And we're going, we're going to talk about them. I'm going to, and I'm going to allegorically use those five stones. As David was going along, the first, the first thing he had in his bag that was going to be very important for him in defeating that giant was the anointing. Hallelujah. First Samuel 17, verse 32. Then David, uh, no, excuse me, wrong scripture. I'm getting ahead of myself. First Samuel, uh, first Samuel, let's go back to chapter 16. First Samuel 16, verse 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I hope you see the picture here that's being painted. As we look close at the life of David, 
prior to the day he faced Goliath, we can see that there was something placed in his bag months before he ever knew there was a nine-foot-tall giant named Goliath, Goliath, which played a big role in helping him defeat this so-called champion of the Philistines. Young David had already been anointed by Samuel many months earlier. What happened in the 16th chapter, amen, of 1 Samuel happened several months, might have even been as much as a year earlier when he was anointed. That day that Samuel took that oil and poured over the head of this young lad by the name of David, the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That anointing was always in his bag to help him overcome all the obstacles in his life. From that day forward, he wasn't just the one stone that he slung. It wasn't his skill. But when he threw, there was some power behind it. That was the anointing of the Holy Ghost of God that took down the enemy and the giant that was there to destroy him. Oh, hallelujah. Glory! Last, last week, last week in last Sunday's lesson, amen, uh, I preached about the three essential factors of success. And one of those factors had to do with God's holy oil of anointing. And if you'll remember, and I hope you remember, hallelujah, it's just been a week. If you remember, the oil poured over the head of the one being anointed symbolized the blessing of God and the Spirit of God. When David had the oil poured on his head by Samuel, the blessings of God became an ever-present source in his life. Hallelujah. And the size, listen church, the size of Goliath in no wise compared to the size of the blessing of God which little David had in his bag. Glory to God. See, people who don't know God don't understand that. I have people tell me, they ask me sometimes, how in the world, amen, that you seem to get blessed here and get blessed that. I've been doing this longer than Hallelujah. People who don't know God don't understand the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm walking in the favor and the blessing of the Almighty God. It goes before me. It stays behind me. It's beside of me. And I can't be defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It wasn't just a rock that he slung. It was the anointing behind that rock. Hallelujah. He was already anointed. Goliath was a nine foot tall, a little over nine foot tall, giant champion of the Philistines who had killed a many a man. But you know what? He was no match to a teenage boy, about 18 or 19 year old, amen, with the anointing of God in his life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It don't matter. How much material things you have, it don't matter whether you live on what people call maybe the uh, the wrong side of the tracks or the right side of the tracks. Hallelujah! It don't matter how much money you got in the bank. It don't matter what your educational level is. What I'm telling you, when you have the Holy Ghost, which is the anointing of God, it's been poured in your life, you cannot be defeated. Hallelujah. This is why God has been stirring me all week long, church. Hallelujah. Amen. He has moved me strongly. Amen. To get this word out today. Hallelujah. That we are facing giants right and left. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, they're in front of us. They're on the side of us. They're everywhere around us. All kind of giants that we got to deal with. And you cannot handle it unless you got the known Holy Ghost in your life. Don't come crying to God to sniff and cry when the devil knocks you down. If you had had the Holy Ghost anointed, be made 
your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My children can't depend on my anointing to get them through. They got to get the oil poured on them for themselves. Hallelujah. They got to experience that themselves. And let me tell you something. Once you have been anointed by God, the Bible says that anointing abides with you. I used to think when I was younger and just starting preaching, man, I'd be called somewhere to preach. And uh, and this is this was back before I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Had to call a God on me to preach, and uh, I was I, had, I was raised up in a, uh, in a in a church that uh, really didn't get involved with the works of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit and 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 all those things. Never had really been taught it much, and uh, I'd be called somewhere to go to preach, and you know I I can I can see a vision in my head right now myself sitting there on the platform waiting for that pastor to call on me, and I'm sitting there a little old. 14, 15 year old boy, and man, I just, I'd be shaking that leg. You know, I'm just, I was just like, man, I got to get this anointing built up. I got to get it built up. I got to get it built up. I got to get it built up. I did it for a long time. Hallelujah. I, I did it for a long time to finally, God through means of the Holy Ghost, gave me a slap on the side of the head and said, Wake up, boy. <laughs> wake up. What do you mean, Lord, wake up? Then he told, I turned over there uh, into First uh, uh, John where it says, the anointing that you have received abides with you. And God spoke to me, says, if you, you either have been anointed or you not anointed. God says, I don't anoint you every time you go out to preach from where, but the anointing I gave you abides with you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You either got the anointing of God in your life or you don't have. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're playing church, playing around with God and religion, and uh, and, and, and you're hold, wanting to hold on to the church with one hand, and but there's still things out in the world that you will like to reach after like a kid, amen, reaching for candy. Hallelujah. It's most likely that you don't have that anointing in your life like you need to have. Hallelujah. That stone that David had in his bag was the anointing. Hallelujah. We need it today. You get it. And, and a lot of people think the only people who get anointed is the preachers or the Sunday school teachers. I'm going to tell you, every child of God needs to walk their life in the anointing. Hallelujah. You need to have the anointing. You don't know what you're going to have to face in that world. You don't know what you're going to have to come up against. Man, I think about Brother Swan. Amen. Maybe some people will say something about his style of doing things and say, well, he just he just laughs too much or cares on too much or something like that. But I'm going to tell you something. Hallelujah. God gave him that joy to get him through the tragedies of his life. Hallelujah. Not every parent has lost a child and had to bury a child. Not every parent has had to bury two children. Hallelujah. He's buried two children, him and his wife. Oh, but he can still laugh because he's got the joy. Hallelujah. The anointing of God. Hallelujah. It will abide with you. You better get anointed today if you ain't because you don't know what you're going to face when you leave that door. You might walk out of here and get the same kind of telephone call that Job got that every child you got's killed, everything you own is gone. Hallelujah. How in the world would you get through something like that? You won't. You'd lose your mind without the anointing. Without the anointing. Hallelujah. So David, he took the time to stop. Hallelujah. Had the anointing in his bag. Hallelujah. Then, after he was anointed, God was with him from that day on. There was something else that David had in his bag that helped him defeat that giant. Hallelujah. I see here. What in the world else besides the anointing?
the second stone that David had in his bag carried with him to help him defeat the giants. We find the answer to that question in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 32. Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail him, fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David had courage in his bag. He had courage in his bag. When he, when he, when he, when he was up there, he, the reason why he was out there was to bring food, uh, to his brothers who were older than him, who was part of the army. And he was bringing that food while he was out there. He heard, he heard that giant come forth and defy the armies of the living God. And, and, and King Saul didn't have a man nowhere that was willing to go out and face him. He had a whole army that was afraid to go out and face one man. They were scared. Here come a young boy, teenage boy. Amen. Heard that. And he spoke up to King Saul. He went right to King, King Saul. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Why in the world was he able to make such a statement? Because he had picked up the stone of courage and dropped it in his bag a long time ago. Now, I don't intend to take anything away from the anointing of the Holy Ghost in your life that I got through talking about. But follow the pastor right here for a moment. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost and the anointing is important. But as powerful as the anointing is, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is helpless if you haven't got the courage to use it. I know a lot of people who has this Holy Spirit in their life, but they don't have the gumption, they don't have the courage, they don't have the backbone to take that powerful weapon and to use it. Holy Ghost is no good to you if you don't know how to use it, if you ain't got the courage to use it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You must have courage in your bag so as Satan will not, so Satan won't destroy you by your own fear. Hallelujah. If you're not carrying courage in your bag, the devil will take your own fear and destroy you. There was, there was an incident a couple years back. A Metro police officer had a finger busted to smithereens. The bones just all crushed to pieces in it. You know why? Because he got into a conflict with somebody, with, with a suspect who decided to go for the officer's revolver. And he grabbed it. And that officer knowed that if the devil was able to take that weapon, he was a dead man. So he was not able to jerk it away from him, so that officer stuck his finger behind that trigger. The news per people said... And that guy did everything he could to squeeze that trigger, and he busted that man's finger all to pieces. Man, that had to hurt. But he said, you know what? It's going to have to hurt, because as long as I'm hurting, I know I'm still alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We cannot defeat the devil. We cannot defeat anything in our life unless we got the courage to go up against it. Hallelujah. We're running around now crying and carrying on because our children can't have prayer and Bible in the most of the schools across this nation. There are a few scattered around here. The school districts that defy what the Supreme Court come up with. But I want you to know something. A church in 1963 of America refused to stand up at the Supreme Court before one woman, one woman, that got it all taken out. No courage. Hallelujah. We don't we don't want to be laughed at. We don't want to be perceived as being an oddball. Hallelujah. You know, I've known some people not being get to be filled with the Holy Ghost because they they was afraid what 
people might say about them. Oh, man, if I go over at that church, people are going to think I'm an oddball. They're going to think I'm a weirdo. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna act like that. Hallelujah. I remember one man years ago. Hallelujah. He says, he says, I've heard all my life. It's Pentecost people called holy rollers. He says, I'm not gonna be called no holy roller. He he tried to get the Holy Ghost. He'd come up and get people to pray. He he could never get blessed with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He he didn't want to be perceived as a holy roller. But you know what? He got so hungry for it. He he wanted he desired it so much. And finally one night, he says, God, I don't care what that spirit of yours causes me to do. I release myself to you in the Holy Ghost as long as you fill me with it. And God slew that man with the Holy Ghost. He fell on the floor, and that, that church is about twice as wide as this building is. And he started rolling like a hot dog from one end of the wall to the other. People wonder what world's going on to finally somebody says, He's got the Holy Ghost. Because every, every time his head would come up off the carpet and come right up there, they heard him speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. We've got to have a little courage about us, folks. we got to have something within us that we don't care what kind of name we're going to call. We don't care what everybody's going to perceive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I found out a long time ago that this thing is real. Well, amen. In the middle of the night, amen, we'd be awoken by a child with a fever of 104. Amen. And we would go and lay hands on it, and you could Feel the temperature go down while you're praying. Lord of God, I, I don't care what the world calls me and labels me. Hallelujah. David had some courage in his bag. The devil will take your fear and destroy you with it, just like that, that suspect would have took that officer's gun and destroyed him with it. If you've got any kind of fear at all, the devil will use that fear to destroy you. I've known people worry about getting cancer. You better be careful. Worried about getting having this thing happen. Or what? Because you know what the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Hallelujah. Why? The Holy Spirit is, is a weapon. Why should anyone own a weapon if they're afraid to use it? Hallelujah. All through the Scriptures, God's people and God's prophets are admonished to take courage and fear not anything. Over and over, God speaks to His people, starting from the Old Testament all the way through, tells people all the time, be of good courage, fear not, be of good courage. In this world that we are dealing with now, church, you better have more than just the Holy Spirit. You better have some courage to use that Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, I'm going to show you how important this is. Those who haven't put courage in their bag will be judged right along with the murderers and the idolaters on the day of judgment. If you haven't taken the time to pick up some courage for serving God and taking a stand when you might be in the minority. Then on judgment day, even though you've never committed murder and you've never been an idolater, you've never worshipped a false god, you're going to be in the same line with him and be judged right with him. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8 states, But the fearful and unbelieving, and abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burn with fire and brimstone. But the fearful is the first thing he names when he goes through that list of all those other things. The fearful. And you know what? You look that word fearful up in the Greek language, and it give you the word cowardly. Cowardly. Hallelujah. We gotta have some courage in our bag, folks. We gotta have some courage in our bag if we're gonna defeat the giants of our life. But then, as David went on, 
before he faced the giant, there was something else he had. Ah, oh, I found it. Before he took down Goliath, there was something else that he had in his bag that he had taken the time to pick up along the way. Hallelujah. You know what that was? Experience. Even though David was young, he was not inexperienced. He had taken some time before he defeated Goliath. He had already defeated some other foes. First Samuel 17, verses 34 and 36, when David, or when David had went to King Saul and told him that he would fight him, King Saul tried to talk him out of it, see. And this is what David told him. David said to uh, Saul, Your servant used to, be, used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard, <laughs> struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. He said, King Saul, he said, I ain't out here, amen, just talking some junk. He said, I know what I'm talking about. I've got some experience in my bag. Hallelujah. I've been anointed by God. Hallelujah. And that anointing of God has already protected me, amen, from a lion and a bear. When I was a sheep, amen, taking care of my father's flock, he said, God allowed me to take them, and I'm going to do this giant just like I did them. He had some experience in his bag. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Don't ever jump out there and try to believe God and lay hands on somebody and pray for God to heal them if they got cancer. If you ain't never yet laid your hands on somebody and prayed for God to heal somebody of a headache. Hallelujah. It's the truth. We gain experience in our life with God. This congregation has had some experience in witnessing what God can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't have to I don't have to fear. Amen. The devil uses anything to take me down. Hallelujah. Because I've already got some experience in the past. I've witnessed God do some things back there, and I know, I know Brother Paul, if he ever did do it, he still can do it. Hallelujah. He still, he still can do it. Hallelujah. You've got some experience. Amen. You've, you've experienced some things. You've prayed some prayers. You've seen God answer some prayers in your own life. You've got experience. David had some experience. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, I, I feel such an anointing of God this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. The third stone David placed in his bag was experience. Although he was young, he was not a novice when it came to knowing how to face and take down the enemy. Hallelujah. He knew how to face the enemy. He knew how to take him down. Experience is not... Listen to me, folks. Experience is not something that you're born with. It has to be acquired. You place the stone of experience in your bag one struggle at a time. One struggle, one trial, one uh, upset in life, one thing at a time. You put experience in your bag through the trials, through the tribulations of life. You see, in, in Romans chapter 5, uh, the Apostle Paul said that, that tribulation produces patience. 
and patience produces experience. That's what he said in Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. Tribulation. That's like the time you hear the story. Somebody came up to the preacher and said, pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor, that I have patience. Man, I just don't have enough patience. Laid hands on him and said, Oh, send him tribulation, God. Wait a minute, preacher. I don't want more tribulation. I want patience. He said, That's the only way it comes. It's not magical. It don't happen. You don't get patience just like that. You gain patience through tribulation. Tribulation produces Tribulation produces patience, and patience produces experience. So you see, it's a process of learning. Now, my dad, he used to call it going through the school of hard knocks. Hallelujah. That's one of the best schools you can attend. Hallelujah. School of hard knocks has taught more. Lessons of knowledge than Harvard and Yale put together. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got to have some experience. All right. There's only two more stones to go. Hallelujah. Something else that he had that, linked, that was linked to that experience that he had picked up. He had picked this up along the way. And it was knowledge. It was knowledge. David had in his bag the stone of knowledge. 1 Samuel 17 and 45. Then David said to the Philistine, this is now, this is when he actually, he's not talking to King Saul no more. He's actually done, he's, 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 he's faced off one-on-one with this giant, looking up at him. Hallelujah. Hey, you ever, you ever, you ever get, got in the presence of somebody who's about two or three foot taller than you? I mean, that's intimidating, you know. Hallelujah. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. Hallelujah. Man, you know what? I'd have to have a supervisor that way. I mean, that, that joker, man, I don't, I don't know why in the world he's doing working for Metro. He needs to be on a basketball team. He could walk up to it and just drop it in. He's a tall dude, you know. Man, and every time you go in there, man, just walking in there and he stands up and that's enough to intimidate anybody. Hallelujah. I said, God, why would you give me so much here? Why didn't you add it right here? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Glory. <laughs> and, then God, and then God comes back and says, Son, I wouldn't want to give you that. You gave yourself that. Hallelujah. Don't go blaming me for that. Sometimes we blame God for stuff we, we do. Hello? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So here, here's David. Oh, well... Then David said to the Philistine, he's talking to him now, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Hallelujah. You see, David had some knowledge, hallelujah, in his bag about who God was, about the name of God. He said, he told, he, he wasn't intimidated at all by that big tall boy. He looked at him, hallelujah, that little young rut boy, amen, looked up at him and said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. He had some knowledge about God and what His name was. Hallelujah. And he, that knowledge of the name helped Him defeat the giant. Hallelujah. He had in His bag the knowledge of the name of God and the power and safety which is in that name. You see, David had the knowledge that he had power in the name of God, but he had safety in the name of God. He knew 
before the giant could get to him, he had to go through the name of God. He knew that. He had some knowledge. Hallelujah. Because Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, God says, this is God talking. He says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. We got to have some knowledge if we don't want to get destroyed. We got to have some knowledge. We just can't just go busting out there and trying to do something. It don't make no difference. Well, you, you may have good intentions. Hallelujah. But we can go out to the graveyard. We can point out a lot of folks that had good intentions. Hello, somebody. You've got so you got to take here. We don't take some time. Take some time to get some knowledge. That's and and, and I lament over this all the time. I, I lament over this all the time. Because I didn't, I didn't have the wisdom, I didn't have the knowledge when God first called me. And I, and I say this, and this, and this bothers me today. I would give anything at that time I was called if I had somebody that could, had a mentored me to let me know, yes, yes, God's called you, young man. But that don't mean you, you, you jump out right now and you just go out here trying to t- uh, set the world on fire. He, you know, th- th- some, I've had somebody say, you need to sit down. You need to get under uh, some good ministry. And you need to get some knowledge of the Word. You need to get some wisdom. If I'd have done it, if I took some time, if I could go back now, I would have never started preaching at 14. I'm not saying that I would have disobeyed God, but I would have took that call and I would have taken what God had put, wanted me to do in my life and I would have better prepared myself. Because, because I didn't better prepare myself, my ministry suffered. I didn't, I didn't go as far as I could have gone. I, I hadn't reached by this time as much as I could have been for God because I didn't take the time to get all the knowledge that I need. There was a, there's been a few things that I, that I got up and preached that I had to go back later and I'd have to correct because I, I messed up. Hallelujah. And don't ever get upset with somebody who calls you off to the side and say, hey, you know, you know I'm... You need to relook at this verse here that you taught this morning or you preached this morning. Kind of go back and look at it again and pray about it and see because, you know, there might be something there you're missing. There might be something that you didn't quite understand. Some people take that as an insult, but you need to take it as an encouragement. Hallelujah. We, we, we need mentors in our life. We need, we need, we need, and I'm going to tell you, the Apostle Paul never sent nobody out. Until he trained him. We got the books of First and Second Timothy and the book of Titus, part of the efforts of the Apostle Paul training two younger men under him. Hallelujah. Men who came up, amen, through Paul's ministry and were taught and were trained. And they had some knowledge. David had some knowledge. He had been taught about the name of God. He had some wisdom. He knew. Hallelujah. And he carried that knowledge in his bag. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You've got to have some knowledge. Hallelujah. You step out there today. You step out there today and you try to, you try to talk against all of these abortionists and, uh, and, uh, and the gay rights and, and all this other stuff, all these other things. And you, you try to go out and you try to, uh, 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 to take a stand against that. You've got to have some knowledge of what you're talking about. You've got to have some knowledge. Hallelujah. I, I study and I read the Word of God religiously. I mean, it's, it's second nature to me. There's, there's not nothing that I read any more than God's Word. But I also, there, there, the other books, there are authors, there are things that I, that I read and I study. I keep, I keep as much knowledge in my head about what's going on as possible. Amen. So, uh, so I, and that knowledge that I have, that, that I acquire through secular things helps me in my spiritual ministry when I'm ministering. Hallelujah. Amen. It, it ain't, it ain't too, there are, there are some times, but, um, there are some times, but, but most of the time when somebody comes up and they speak about something, and, I, and um, 
I, I know amen, what they're talking about because I have taken the time to put that knowledge in my bag. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, I, I walked up to Brother uh, Denton during the missionary conference. He was up from, from his church uh, uh, in, uh, in Arkansas. And I never thought about it before. But I walked up to Brother Ron, good friend of mine. I just said, Brother, he said, I, I said, I said, I, I said, I, 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 something I want to tell you. And he had this funny look come on his face and grin. He thought I was fixing to pull something on him, you know. I mean, I always were carrying on some kind of stuff. I said, no, I said, I, I said I, I'm for real here. I, I, I'm not carrying on anything. I says, I says, I says, last week the door was opened to me where I was allowed to go up to Capitol Hill. And I sat there in the room where the legislators was. I sat in one of those seats down there, Senator Diane Blacks. I sit right down there in her seat, in her desk that she uh, does legislation from. I said, I was up there with all them doctors and lawyers and all those professors and, and, uh, and politicians and all that stuff. I said, and those people going up there one by one, beginning to talk all of this stuff and, and bringing out this kind of talk and that kind of... I said, I'm going to tell you what. I says, Brother Ron, I said, I want to thank you for your vision. Back in 1980, started that Bible college that I could go to. I says, because... I says there wasn't a word, there wasn't nothing that they talked about that I, I didn't I didn't have the understanding. I says good I can remember I could remember the day. Amen, I'd be sitting there and I'd be dumbfounded. I wouldn't know a thing in the world what they was talking about. I says, but I had some knowledge. I said, I want to thank you because that I said, you know, that changed the course of my ministry. Before that time, I didn't think I, I didn't think you needed all that extra stuff. I didn't think that was necessary. I didn't, I didn't think you needed. But it, but I'm gonna tell you, church, if it wasn't for God changing my course and showing me these things that I needed, the things I needed to have in my bag, I couldn't stand before you today and deliver. It changed the course of my ministry. I'd be like a lot of those preachers. Some preachers you go to and some Bible teachers, they'll, they'll preach for 45 minutes, an hour and a half. And if you take all the glory of God, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, other sermons, they didn't, they didn't actually say anything for about five minutes. And I'm not trying to be critical. But see, that th- kind of thing might have been all right 40 years ago, but it's not going to reach the world that we're facing today. Hallelujah. The people that I'm trying to reach today is a whole lot more educated and knowledgeable than the people Brother Hale preached to in his day when he was younger. Hallelujah. All right, one more thing, and I'm going to close. One one more stone. There were five he, David had in his bag. Hallelujah. What in the world does that F stand for? Faith. You're going to go out and face a nine-foot-tall guy and some faith? Huh? First Samuel 17 and 46. Now, he's still talking to the Philistine. He says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Think about this now. This, this boy is standing there at that giant telling him his stuff. He said, This day... The Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. That's what he did. That's what he told this giant. Think about this now. This little boy standing there talking to this big giant. This he said, I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> Can you imagine what was going through Goliath's mind? <laughs> Who is this kid? Where'd he come from? Hallelujah. He said, and this day I will give the, uh, give your carcass um, <laughs> of the camp to the camp of Philistines, to the birds of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. 
Hallelujah. Now listen to me as I'm winding this up. When you got a young, the Bible called David ruddy. When you got a young, ruddy boy facing a nine-foot giant, listen, what he told Goliath had to be a statement of faith. That had to be a statement of faith. Think about it. Hallelujah. I mean, David wasn't just walking up to this guy talking trash to him or what the kids on my school bus called smack. He went up there talking no smack to him. Hallelujah. If he would, he'd allow him got smacked. And worse. He went up there just trash talking Goliath. Hallelujah. Most of that goes on. I've learned, you know, driving school bus, most of it, most of it's trash. You know, they get to talk. Oh, man, just back in it. You think, where they come up with? One of them on this side says, well, your mama, this boy, oh, your mama, and back in the boys. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got some things in my bag I wish wasn't there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David was not just up there just running his mouth. He was speaking faith, which is all. Listen, and listen to this, and this is what God put in my spirit, and I wrote this down. I, I, I hope I hope God will let me keep this so I don't forget this. this I, I had not never read this nowhere. had not never heard nobody preach it or teach it nowhere. But this God put this in my spirit. That faith, this, this, this is a definition of faith. You get a lot of definitions of faith. But God's placed this in my spirit. Faith is the seed of fact. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith is the seed of fact. Hebrews said the same thing in another way. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What he meant was, faith is the seed of fact. If you want some fact, hallelujah, have some faith. You plant the seed of faith, and you're going to get fact. You want a better job? Have faith. It's going to produce fact. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You need a new vehicle? Have some faith. Plant the seed of faith. It'll turn into fact. Man, I could preach a message just on that. Hallelujah. Brother Darrell, I want you to get on up here. Hallelujah. I'm not finished, but I'm going to quit. David did a tremendous thing. But when he left Saul, he realized his bag was empty. And he took the time to stop and add some stones. And it was what David had in his bag, and I'm not talking about the shepherd's bag, that caused him to defeat the giant. What is some giants in your life that seems like a giant to you? Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't uh, have none today. And I, I praise God for that. I thank God for that. I really do. But I promise you something. Just because that you don't have one today, there's one's going to face you somewhere. As long as you live in this life, we're going to have various giants of various kinds. It's going to come against us to try to take us down, take us out. But if you take the time to pick up some of the things that God has provided for you and always carry it with you, always carry them with you, the things God has provided for you, you can defeat every giant the devil sends your way. Let's all stand together. If anybody's got a need, if you got an empty bag, Hallelujah. come get it filled today. Brother Darrell.